everyone. Welcome to the XP Gaming Podcast. With me tonight, as always, is Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. And as for me, my name is Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger. And today, tonight, whenever you're checking this out, we've got a special guest on this episode as we're going to do a little further dive into Escape for Tarkov. So a fellow co-host of mine from the PUBG podcast, Winner Winner, Kev, a.k.a. The One Heart, is joining us today. How are you today, sir? Yo, what's going on, man? I'm great. I'm just excited to talk about another game that we both really love and uh, just really dive into it. Be honest, did you get any scav runs in this morning? No, dude, I just woke up. (laughs) I was up too late tending to my my hideout and kind of just chilling and watching uh, something we'll talk about a little later regarding uh, Twitch and the game. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, welcome. And Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. Looking forward to talking some Tarkov. And uh, getting deeper into this game that everyone is really starting to pick up, and it's going to be big, I think. I agree. And before we jump in, do us a favor. If you've been here before, you're coming back, and you think we've earned it, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, drop us a comment. We'd love to know what you think about Escape for Tarkov. Do you think it's going to be a big game? We do. We're going to get into that. Outside of that, there's not a huge agenda today. We want to talk about Tarkov. We obviously have Kev here. I think we have three very different, unique playstyles when it comes to most games, so I'm excited to jump into it. As we kind of alluded to, Kev and I, obviously, we run the PUBG podcast, and we've started playing some Tarkov. And about every three or four months, personally, I tend to take a break from PUBG. And it's not something that I plan on. It's usually a title or a game either gets enough publicity or something happens that I end up trying it. And it usually peels me away for, I don't know, two, three, four weeks. And then I sort of like rebound and get back into PUBG. It sort of refreshes me for that. Right now, though, I'm still loving PUBG. I'm not playing it as much offline. I've been playing a lot more Tarkov offline. So it feels kind of like a break, but it feels sort of different to me. So I'm kind of curious what you guys are feeling as it relates to this. And I know like, Eric, like your main game, I would say is probably WoW, maybe WoW Classic. And so I'm wondering like from you guys, what you think Tarkov is. Is it a different break? Is it just a break? Like, what is it? I mean, there is something like pretty different about this game. I think it's a little more than a break. Uh, I've been playing this game pretty consistently. I still get in for PUBG. You know, if I see some some friends on, I'll get on. For some reason, a patch for EFT, I'll get on. And if it's Friday night, I'm always going to get on and try and, and hang out with the crew. Yeah, I've been really grinding this game. And, and I think I do take a break a little longer than you a few times a year. You know, uh, last year was Apex for a while or the beginning of you know this past year. Yeah, I've always kind of taken breaks. Uh, I think before that, when I was still on Xbox... Um, I became a little tired of playing TPP so often, so I ended up getting into Blackout pretty hard um, when that was popular, and and granted that did last a little longer on console than it did uh, on PC, where it's kind of like a flash in the pan, but yeah, I find it to be a very different game. Ronald, what are your thoughts on that, like on the switch from like how much time you're putting in in this game? Yeah, it's really interesting for me because it's not only a break, but it's a different genre completely than what I normally play. I'm really enjoying it. The first couple hours that I played Tarkov, I didn't think it was the greatest thing ever, to be honest with you. Dropping into a game that has no interface, right, for someone who's not an (laughs) FPS player, is kind of a challenge. Because unlike you guys, I'm not someone who has played like thousands of hours of PUBG and then FPS is my normal thing that I go to, right? So the first couple hours were a little challenging, but now I'm actually really enjoying it because I've gotten over that initial hump of learning what the actual game can be. 
And so the break is actually has some staying power with me, actually. My offline time, I've been actually enjoying playing uh, more Tarkov than anything else, which is a, definitely a change for me because I definitely take a break from WoW a couple times a year. But I usually try new RTS games or new games that are in the MMO genre of some kind. But Tarkov is this great mix of like an FPS game and an MMO at the same time. And I really like the fact that the game mechanics itself, the only thing that pushes you is a timer. You don't have an artificial circle like in a battle royale. And and Trigger and I have talked about that in the first episode that we did. And I think that that is going to allow the game to have crossover to a much larger audience. Yeah, I agree with that. And as I've gone a little further into it to sort of add on to that, the thing that I like the most about Tarkov is that there is no punishment outside of self-inflicted punishment for playing with players of any skill level, right? So if someone brand new comes in, I can kit myself out however I want to and risk whatever I want to while teaching them. So I can go in with a bare bones setup or I can go in fully kitted, right? And Or take them loot or whatever. And so like I can choose the punishment level in Tarkov and it sort of flows throughout the entire game, right? You've got scav which is no risk potentially high reward other than time is all you're risking now you got pmc where you're risking your stuff but if i'm going to go do a pmc raid with someone that's new there's no negative i I can choose what i want to risk i can go in with just a pistol if i want to and show someone around so i love that aspect to it and it kind of goes into what you said it's kind of there's really not a genre for it because it's MMO. It's got some like RTS inventory or like AARPG inventory management. It's got the FPS. So yeah, I, th- I think that's kind of the exact reason why I like it as well. Yeah. So, I mean, coming from console, you know, I never played a game like this that was like focused on looting amidst like other live players and something like that never got its hooks of me. I'd always heard there was DayZ that was actually available in its like bare bones kind of state on console, but it was super buggy and people pretty much just told me to stay away. Then there was another game that came out called Vigor, and that was what people told me was like this game Escape from Tarkov, but like a more bare-bones version that would work on console. The only problem was it was solo only at the start, but there was teaming rampant. You couldn't matchmake, but you could easily get in, and so there'd be like three-man teams rolling up on you, and the shooting wasn't as dialed in as PUBG or as I found Escape from Tarkov to be. So I quickly just kind of dropped it because it's like, how are you going to defend yourself when you're just getting bullet spammed and like you don't have cover mechanics or a really solid first-person shooter aspect to it? And it was TPP as well, which, you know, I'm, I've never been like a huge fan of. It's always, it just feels a little too out of body for me. But at that point, you know, I gave it up and I went back to PUBG. But a thought always like lingered in my mind, like, what is this Escape from Tarkov game? So when I switched to PC, you know, I was just all PUBG all the time, pretty much. I mean, there was some Apex and stuff. But as I got more comfortable, some of that anxiety that you feel in the game started to slip away, like that tension, because I kind of <laughs> knew the circle settings. I knew what was going to happen to a degree and where i needed to go there was always the chance on the on the drop of what could happen but that was like that was the chaos you chose and then after that it was kind of like all right i know i need to move here i know there's probably gonna be threats this way and like there's still always something new happening but i was ready to deal with the objective and it wasn't scary anymore and so i finally checked out tarkov and i was just looking for a game where the death kind of seemed to have a little more weight i have a pretty good first impression of that game I jumped into a scav on Factory, not knowing any of the maps, and it was the middle of the night. 
just the middle of the night, and there's so much ambient noise in that game, but it's pitch black. I mean, there was where I spawned in, there was no light. And I moved like a foot and I made what sounded like the most <laughs> noise I'd ever made. I, you know, I felt like a bull in a china closet. It, it did you have a headset was, on, like on your first scav run? Did you have a headset which like amplifies did, everything? Like the character come in with a headset? I don't even know. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, this was this was like in the summer. I made a ton of noise. I think I was up on some scaffolding or something. So it's just that hollow metal, you know, tinny sound. You know, I couldn't see anything. Like it wasn't even a spot that had like some flickering incandescent lights, you know, somewhere. It was just pitch black. So I was like, screw this, I'm staying still. And I just stood there and I heard someone barreling towards me at a certain point. I kind of pinpointed the location and just fired. And at that point, I realized, ooh, muzzle flash. And I used the muzzle flash to get my first kill ever. And then about two seconds later, someone just ran to that location. And they probably had NVGs on. They mowed me down. But I was so proud of myself for even getting a kill in the dark. I was like, what the hell kind of game is this? Do people play like this? And then I found out later, there are night vision goggles. And you don't normally play factory at night unless you're a crazy geared PMC and all this other right. stuff. But I did a few more scav runs like that. But I didn't know the game. I didn't know anyone who played regularly. And I just put it down. Um, and I didn't pick it back up until point twelve. I jumped in with people from the Hot Drop community so they could like properly show me around and explain like, how to get out of the game and all these other things. This game is different because it's like the sum of the gameplay loop and all the things they tied together, you know. At that point, were you playing a lot of PUBG in your original drop into Tarkov? Yeah, I was playing that like every single day. Because one of the things that I think people notice uh, when you compare Tarkov to PUBG, at least I noticed, is the sound. And I mean, I don't want to gloss over this point on the gameplay mechanics because the sound is so different. When you play PUBG, right, you're programmed to listen for sound and footsteps in a building or whatever, but it's so much quieter. And so you like threshold in your mind for what's acceptable and what's not acceptable for sound is so different in Tarkov. It's like when we were doing a scav run just the other day, Trigger, and we're like, okay, we're going to run and we're not going to really worry about it because the amount of sound we make is kind of roughly the same. So we just didn't worry about it that much. And we got through, we were doing interchange. We got through interchange so much quicker. It really didn't make any difference. But the amount of sound we were making, like if we were making that much sound in PUBG, you'd hear you'd hear somebody clear across Miramar, right? So it was kind of crazy. I think sound is probably the biggest barrier for most PUBG people coming into Tarkov. Because when I watched streams of Tarkov, I was terrified Right, because I'm like they hit a bush, like <laughs> they made they made all the noise, and then you hear everything, right? And when you first get in the game, and then there's headsets that amplify different types of volume, and I think the tendency is you don't want to move, just like Kev, you experienced. You're like I I just stepped on glass, and I think they heard it across the map, and they might have, but it's. It's interesting as you move further into the game, especially someone who hasn't played before, the sounds in Tarkov, in my opinion, at least, I'm going to call them, they're more comforting because they're so dynamic and there's so many different types of sounds that you start to recognize them. And my progression as I've moved into the 20s and as far as level goes is that, you know, I used to creep around all the time, but then I learned that, you know, if I have a headset on, I can hear someone creeping. And they're just going to clap me when I come around the corner. But now I'm sort of comforted by the sound because I can sort of run or like walk at full speed or whatever it is. And you can kind of recognize the noises and the different platforms. It's, oh, that guy's walking on planks and I know where that room is now. So all of those different sounds are so amplified and they're terrifying in the beginning. 
But as you move forward in the game, it's almost like, oh, I know what that is. It's interesting. It's definitely different. Definitely different. Yeah, I've almost come to use sound as uh, like an unequipped weapon. You can draw people in. You can create scenarios that benefit you using the sound in the game. Like, for example, if there's a group of scabs, you can shoot at one of them and aggro them. And then as they're looking for you, walk on some wood, just walk on some wood backwards, make them come around a corner and you kill them all. You know, those those kinds of scenarios happen in the game. You can also do it with other players. Uh, you sound coming up an escalator on purpose, knowing that there was a player stalking me, but he didn't realize I was stalking him at the same time. And so I think sound is actually super unique in this game because of how loud it is. And it makes gameplay that's just super fun. And, you know, I don't know how they'd integrate that into other games, but Tarkov really seems to be hitting on something that's good. Yeah, so the sound is is something that's like, it's just insane because, like you said, you could have a headset on in-game, you know, the player itself is wearing a special headset and there's like three or four different kinds and they all have different profiles. Um, Some of them, you know, you go through a bush, like you said, and it sounds like you lit off fireworks and it kind of hurts your ears. It's abrasive, but you will hear someone coming sooner than if you weren't wearing them. So there's kind of an argument sometimes for that. But then there's also just normal hearing, which you'll get most used to if you play scav runs a lot. And then even past that, there is the deafening silence of wearing a full-blown headset with a right. visor and everything that covers your ear. And the reason you'd wear that is for the ear protection and the overall, like, you know, you can withstand a few more shots, maybe. Which, you know, we can get into that when we talk about the ballistics and stuff. But if you spawn in as a scav and you're wearing one of these goofy uh, motorcycle helmets or a firefighter's helmet that covers your ears, I've always been told and tell people to just drop it because it's like a class one or two helmet, which means it won't even stop a pistol in most situations. And at the same time, you cannot hear. So yeah. what's the point of wearing it? Just drop it where you where you start and, and move on. So yeah, the, the sound is, is super dynamic. I'm not going to give it props and say it's better than PUBG in any way because there are still points where you're like, there's a guy in my building and I have no idea where he is. And so if that guy decides to just get quiet like you would in PUBG too, you have an even harder time some, in, in a certain way because you have to like seriously clear every floor, every room. You still might not be sure. And so you just get killed by that cheeky breaky. Yeah, and you brought up probably the main thing that I wish both games would learn from each other. And one of them is locating the directional sound in Tarkov is sometimes maddening. The thing that I wish PUBG would learn from Tarkov is the rustling noises when you're moving, right? Mm -hmm. Because right now, if you're sitting still and not ADS in PUBG, you can turn and look in any direction and make no noise. And it's maddening when someone can literally cover an entire you know floor of a building and they can look in any direction they want without notifying you. Whereas in Tarkov, you're sitting in a corner and someone comes at you from 90 degrees and you have to turn to look at them, you're going to make a noise. That part's kind of cool. That's why I say they. I think they should learn from each other. I don't think one is superior than the other. And maybe it's just amount of time in PUBG that gives me the ability to locate people. But I have the ability to know like, oh, they're a floor above me. Oh, that's probably 30 meters away. The sound is just different. It's not as dynamic, but it's much more precise, if that makes sense. Yeah. And one thing for PUBG players kind of making their way over this, you know, how many people who play PUBG regularly complain about wind on Vikendi? <laughs> could, could they ever possibly manage this game? I mean, think about a game where it is, first of all, you can't see very far and it's just pouring rain the entire time. Right. To the point where like, if you step inside, all of a sudden it's like, you can hear 
hear again, you're like, oh my God, like that quick dynamic shift from inside to outside. But how loud is it? You get out of some of those games sometimes and your ears are just kind of like ringing with all the rain or all of that. But there's also that comforting part of loading in and just hearing like the crickets and, the, you know, the birds and, and all that stuff too. Right. Like, ah, oh, we're getting into Shoreline or whatever. Yeah, the sound is really – it's interesting because in PUBG, it's a lot quieter from my perspective. I mean, you guys have a lot more time, but I'll give it to you from, like, my perspective. The sound is so much quieter in PUBG that there's been a few times doing scav runs where I've thought, oh, I hear gunshots. That's close, and it's not close. Mm-hmm. And it it's is because, yeah. Because in PUBG, you hear gunshots – it's kind of the same volume, and you kind of get a, a feel for that. But in Tarkov, when it's close, you, you know it's close. <laughs> and so I, I think that that's definitely a difference for a PUBG player coming over. But again, the, the amount of floor sound, whether it's glass or wood or metal or things like that, is so much more dynamic. Sound is almost like an unequipped weapon, at least in my opinion. I, I agree with that. It's That's a really good way to look at it, because... You even mentioned something that I haven't tried yet, really, in Tarkov, and I did it very unsuccessfully last night in PUBG, (laughs) trying to bait people to my team, and it it was awful. I haven't really got to the point where I've tried to, like, set a trap or intentionally make noise to bring another player in, and, you know, when you're saying escalator, I'm thinking you were on interchange, and... (laughs) you're baiting someone up or down and i mean running on metal surfaces is like ringing the loudest siren in the game on that map so i'm sure that was really effective at bringing someone to your location yeah i mean i was so i was in interchange and i actually did a run where i found myself in the parking garage underneath and so i thought you know i've never really looted down here so i wanted to check it out and there's actually some good loot down there and so i came through and i was coming up the back escalator by ollie i was gonna go out through ollie and i heard some shooting going on so i figured people were farming scabs in ollie and sure enough there's a obviously a team of two people working up there and i creeped up and i just popped my head up and i saw and they couldn't see me because like we've said before trigger who comes up that escalator right And so they weren't expecting to see somebody coming up that way. And so one of the things that was really interesting about it is I needed one of them to move because if I would have shot the first guy who had a clear shot on, the second guy would have shot me. So I ran up and down that escalator twice and got their attention and then backed away. And they both came around the corner and I shot both of them. Yes. That's awesome. Nice. And so one of those things is like, from my perspective, the strategy of this game in general, I just absolutely love that part of it. Sound is the thing. Yeah, I do love how you can be, you know, as quiet as a mouse or make a ton of noise to get a lot of attention and then kind of just try and slip away and see what happens. You know, maybe you know the scab bosses around, so you're going to you're going to make a bunch of noise, aggro them and then leave so that, you know. You draw a couple shots in, you know a way out of that situation, and then someone else is going to come through and you're going to slink up to maybe the observatory on uh, reserve and then shoot down at them and try and clean up the whole thing from afar. You have all these options, but trigger to your point, God, I wish they would make it so that if you turn more than, you know, 75 or 90 degrees while you're crouched or anything in PUBG that you've made some noise like you do in this game, I think that'd be nice. Of course, there's ways to you know minimize that in Tarkov, but right. there's still going to be something if that guy moves even a little. For me, it's just like a risk-reward of camping, right? I, I don't want to say that camping isn't a play style that should be allowed. Right now, it just seems really overpowered in PUBG, 
that you can make no noise and cover all the angles. Because in Tarkov, look, you, you camp a corner and you're kind of picking an angle. And then you're saying, okay, if someone's coming from the other side, I'm going to have to make noise and risk being heard to look that direction. So it makes you think a little bit more. And it also gives the person that's moving and not camping the ability to have a little bit more of an equal playing field. Whereas in PUBG, if you're sitting in a corner, it's almost too powerful, which is why I think the community gets frustrated about it. But again, I, I don't want to tell someone how to play the game. I just think that that's, that's an area that could be brought closer together. And I think Tarkov does it extremely well. Just one last thing on the sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Ronald's talking about running straight up the escalator or down it to make noise and bait somebody. And there's the risk there that they're probably going to hear you. But if you can catch them off guard or you can then turn down somewhere else and have them kind of lose you, there's there's a strength in that. But there's also times where a full five stack will like slow creep up the whole thing. You make no noise, but you're so exposed. Yep. But if you get up there, they they have no idea. So I mean, it's just it's super interesting that way. Yeah, I think I think sound is obviously fascinating, and I definitely want to come back to some gameplay elements, especially how we all play the game. But what I really want to talk about is something that just happened in the last few days, actually, before we jump back into gameplay, because I think it's just really cool, and I I was actually really excited to talk to you guys about it because it just happened. Battle State did something really neat. They partnered up with some of the bigger streamers, at least they're the ones that I'm aware of. I don't know actually the number that they did here, but and I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but they they partnered partnered up with some of the big Twitch streamers and they basically made it so that if your Battlestate account was linked with your Twitch account as a viewer and you were watching these creators play, you have a chance to get an in-game drop from watching them in-game. Personally, I thought this was extremely cool because it's like a win-win-win-win. It's like the streamers are being rewarded by having people come to their stream and check them out, giving them a chance to be viewed. Then it's rewarding viewers by maybe finding a new streamer because you're incentivized to go watch. You're probably getting people interested in the game, so Battlestate wins. And then we win because we get to talk about it. And that last part's the most important. <laughs> exactly. Did you guys get a chance to get a drop yet from this? Uh, no, no. That's I, I just learned about it last night, and I haven't. I was going to do it today after we were recording. So I was. That's why I'm curious if you guys saw it or if you did it or. So you know we're on video, so I, get, I, I might be getting caught a little more than when we do our <laughs> show. But as soon as you started talking about drops, I went, oh shit! I should uh, go refresh my page on one of these so I can get another drop while we're recording. <laughs> I lost. So you should talk about like how how do you link your account? Yeah, you know, it's so like someone's gonna hear this and be like, "How do I do this? Does anybody know how to do that?" Yeah, so all you gotta do is go to. It's actually like it's way easier than some of the things I've tried before. You know, I remember trying to link my YouTube account with my PUBG account for PGC, and I just didn't get it going. And I was like, "This is taking too long." And the game's already on. I'm going and I'm just going to watch. This was really easy. You just go to the website. A lot of times you'll already be still signed in from the last time when you set up your account or upgraded to EOD like a couple of us have done. So I just went in there and then it was just like I clicked on the button to link to Twitch. And since I was signed in on that already, it just brought up my face and was like, you're the one heart, right? And it's like, yep. And I just clicked yes. And that was it. From there, nice. you literally just watch a stream. From what I've heard, it doesn't matter whether you have one or seven. Like that doesn't you don't multiply your chances to get something. Okay, <laughs> and you're not going to get something better for watching 
the number one stream over the smallest of the pe- you know the smallest stream of the people who are sponsored. Just make sure that they are one of the sponsored streamers. But yeah, the how, drops. Do you know how cool. to find out how they're a sponsored streamer? I mean, they should have drop on their title, and uh, they'll probably have a decent amount of people watching. If that's the case, uh, I mean, I don't have a way of saying you know there could be someone who just puts drop on their title and just lying to you but i really doubt that with this community you know i've always loved how welcoming and kind everyone in PUBG was and it seems it's the same way i think in any game this punishing people are pretty nice and, and open and honest and i think that applies to the streamers as well we can name a few of the people that we know yeah of. please if you know of them do it so we'll start from pestily is uh someone who i think you really need to know if you're getting into this game as well as veritas um they make amazing guides another was tweak who is an Irish guy who makes also like really good loot guides and all of them have insane gameplay and they're really open and honest about how to improve. They'll do zero to hero, they'll do hardcore mode where you know they can't use the flea market or you know use anything other than an alpha container and stuff. So they'll show you how to play from a standard account. They're very helpful. So I always recommend just going to them first, but then there's also uh Sequisha who is one of the funniest people playing this game. His He his also quality. has the best mustache on Twitch, I think. Yeah, the best mustache on Twitch for sure. Pretty sure he even has a mustache in this game because of it. <laughs> I uh, think you're right. And so he's another one. And then the one who I watch the most is Grimms. Uh, I watch him almost every single day. I just love his his style of playing. He shows me what I what I could maybe do if I had the balls to go in solo more. But there's a bigger list. I'm sure we can make a bigger list. But those are the people that I've been paying attention to. And and so far, I've gotten a few drops. I've heard some people getting eye cases. Uh, Some people are getting fully decked Zenit, a.k.a. uh, 74s. And so far, I've gotten an antique book, which I find pretty often anyway. But it's still worth like 50K. Yeah. And um, I got eight or seven green gunpowders that was one of mine which is like kind of you know uh, whatever but i sold them all and i made like 200k so so far they've made me like 250k richer and i'm hoping for more (laughs) cool yeah that's awesome we'll be sure to get that list of streamers in the show notes so everyone can find and check out some new streamers because i'm sure there's people out there like me that haven't checked out all those people so I'm pretty excited to watch their streams and see what they're doing. And one thing you said, Kev, that I think is super important, too, is the community for Tarkov is super nice. Most of the people you run into are just really excited to play the game. And not to say that FPS players aren't all like that, but there definitely seems to be a larger concentration in Tarkov than what I've run into, I guess, in the past. So I think that's been very fun. And actually, one of the things I think is going to make Tarkov successful in the long run, every game has this challenge, right, of transitioning in new players. And there is a point at which you're not a new player anymore. And if you want the game to last, and not be the last player playing the game you love, you have to, at least on some level, want to help someone else get better at it. So I think Tarkov has got a really, uh, really healthy and stable entry like zone and flow. And I think that that's super important. Yeah, which is funny because it's probably the most unforgiving game to a new player, especially considering you can run into like a level 51 geared player as a level one but you know you mentioned how nice people are and and if you're someone who doesn't know you know where to find a group that'll help you i mean there's the main eft discord but i, I forgot to mention someone else on twitch who's really helpful for the community uh and, and works really well with tarkov and that is uh in battle state that's clean clean with a k he's another guy he plays with shroud and uh, a bunch of other players and content creators all the time and he has what's called the sherpa program and i think it's actually 
part of Battlestate, but he has an offshoot of it on his Discord. The Sherpa program is people who are so well versed on this game they've probably been playing since the beginning they're basically guaranteed to not kill you while showing you showing you around um (laughs) and also not be like they're not going to get impatient with you you know because if you've ever been looking for a group you might have gotten an invite from someone you don't know while you're waiting for the invite from someone you do and don't don't accept that that's going to be someone who's trying to pull a fast one on you and you'll load in with them and they're just going to shoot you and take your loot Right, they're going to give you the once-over, like, what gun do you have, what backpack do you have, and if they need it or want it, you're dead. Yeah, so, you know, that's as as untrustworthy as the scav wiggle. You never know. Which, for those who don't know, you do the little lean, and the scav will do the lean back, and they might let you go, but you might turn your back and they'll just shoot you. So that's something else you you have a hard time trusting people with. But these Sherpas have an in-game icon, similar to how EOD uh, players have the crown. They'll have this little green icon and green name which indicates yeah. that they're a little friendlier. So that's something for those of you who might not know a group to play with, but need need someone to show you around. Well, and you sort of brought up a few things that I don't just want to gloss over, because one of the things I really wanted to talk about was, what do you wish you knew when you started? And, and you hit a couple that are that I think are really worth highlighting, that one... Don't just randomly group with somebody. If you're going to group up, go find a Discord, message one of us, do something to find someone who can show you around. Because again, back to my previous point, this game is doesn't really punish people for showing people the ropes. They choose what to risk. So you don't need to have feelings about the gear they might lose. The person showing you around is going to make that conscious decision of what to take in. And furthermore, this Sherpa program is really, really neat. <laughs> and it's and it's sort of you know battle state recognizing like this game's hard to get into it's hardcore but hey we have a, a group of people that can do it so I actually don't know how you become a Sherpa I would assume it's something like we're PUBG partners I'm sure this is similar to a partner program but there's probably some pretty good requirements around it I don't I don't know I I wish I knew I, I'll make a couple assumptions here um I don't know if this is something that's run strictly by Battle State uh I don't know if this is something maybe by the Wikipedia guys who again uh, you know if you're talking about resources you you can't forget about all the work that the wiki guys do uh they have their own discord they're really helpful i've gone in with questions like what does this key do is it worth it you know uh those guys are very helpful so i don't know if they're setting it up i'm sure there has to be a certain amount of time maybe like a couple patches deep or something and then just a good relationship with some of the other content creators and and the game makers right it seems like it's a way to basically ensure that you won't get team killed outside of you know miscommunication team kills which happen pretty often but yeah and then there's unofficial surface which are just going to be friends of friends and stuff who are like i got some time i'll show you around which can be yeah. tar- hard you know I-, I definitely know the feeling of being like oh man do i really gotta like i just spent so much time learning this map and now i want to go run it but let's go take this guy on a on an expedition here and we'll, we'll do a safari tour of like this is the reserve we're not going to go in there because we're not geared enough you know and it looks like I just quickly Googled this and found that there's an application. So you basically send your profile in and there's a Sherpa request, basically. But then there's also a section on the main escapefromtarkov.com forward slash Sherpa that's called Sherpa Raid Request. And it literally has ratings and people that are Sherpas that you can request them. <laughs> right so you can oh you find can someone one in your time zone yeah you can find someone in your time zone and request that they start you through the game 
or help you out. It's, I, this is really cool. It's really cool. I, I sort of had one of the unofficial Sherpas shout out to Dadcaster. He's kind of the guy that was like, hey, come with me. Right. And I had gear fear. I had, you know, sound fear. <laughs> I had basically all the things I was scared of in this game. And he was just like sort of threw me in his backpack and forced me through a couple of the maps. And I do think that is really, really important for this game. It's a hard one to just jump into by yourself. But I think pretty quickly, once you get the hang of it, you like to do things by yourself and farm up to get ready for doing group stuff. For me, that's the biggest thing I wish I knew was how to get into the game. I got lucky and had people show it to me. So I don't know if there's other things that you guys wanted to talk about, about things you wish you knew. Well, think about like how in other games, like in MMOs, you have guilds or clans or things like that. And this kind of thing happens kind of naturally through community that gets built, right? Yeah. But if you think about this, in a good FPS, the community is outside of the game. There's no community in the game itself. The game mechanics outside of a friends list to play with don't promote any kind of like community. And so one of the things that I think is super interesting is that they recognize the fact that the game is complicated. And they built this in from the beginning. I think about like, I don't know if PUBG has anything like this. That's a question for both of you because I've never run into it. But if PUBG had a program that just paired you with someone who was willing to show you gunplay, the game would be so much more approachable. And Tarkov is brilliant for doing this. I also think that they made one other critical choice that's awesome. And we've, we've said this, but they, we can't gloss over the point that an experienced player chooses what they lose or what they don't lose from helping an inexperienced player. And when you run into that scenario where you have a game that you both love, you want to share with your friend, right? Because you want to play with your, your friend, but it's okay. Here's the game, figure it out and play with me in two months. No one's going to do that anymore. No one has the patience for that. Gamers have changed. And so this is awesome that Tarkov recognizes this. And I think they're actually going to create an entirely new genre myself personally. Yeah, circling back to the whole thing about what we wish we knew, I got two quick points on that that I want to throw out to both of you to see what you think. The first one's pretty easy and simple. It's kind of like understand what not to ensure and what to ensure in the early stages of the game. So like, you know, before level five, do you really need to ensure anything or, or you know, what do you need to do? And, and the second point is, Trigger, you made a video on basically like inventory management and you're, you know, playing loot Tetris and those kinds of things. And you made a great point, which I think most people don't know, obviously, is you can basically sell everything before level five. Nothing of really what you get really matters. And just, just get rid of it. Do some bag and bag and bag stuff, which we'll link. We'll put a link to your video that you made in the description because I think everyone should go watch that because inventory management is such a huge part of this game. And so I, I think basically you can sell everything before level five and don't really worry about ensuring too many things before level five. And that's when you're really starting and you're, you have this fear of like loot fear, right? You guys touched on yeah. that. And that's a totally a real thing. I'd like to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah, I would say 100% like you are going to die. You are going to lose stuff. And the only way to learn if you like stuff is to go out and use it and use it against other players or scavs or whatever. So like gear fear is real, but you got to press into it. Don't just hoard guns in the lower part of your inventory for that perfect time to use it. Because the perfect time to use it is the time that you should have had that gun and you run into somebody and you knew you should have had it. Gear fear is real. I'm not trying to dismiss it, but just know that you're going to lose stuff, but that you can always go run scav runs and get it back, which is really, really cool. But you said something that I think is so critical. I think Escape for Tarkov 
is defining a genre. The, the funny part is I'm not sure another game will attempt to enter the genre outside of ones that already exist, right? Because the only other game that's close in my mind is EVE Online. And it's in a totally different realm, but it's the same kind of thing with the inventory management, the kind of hardcore nature of it. It's a little more developed because it's been around longer, but Tarkov's been in development for years now, and they obviously just came on to the new upgrade on their engine. This is a new genre, man, and I agree. I think it's I think it's got some staying power. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is I mean, it's been in development for years, and it still will be in development for like years. We're still only at point one two. This game is going to keep evolving and... and it's going to keep changing. And the one thing that they always have said is it will always remain like hardcore. And so you have to get used to that. And that's why they put in things to ease the pain, like the Sherpa program, you know, even things like if uh, you guys might not know this, but if you completely run out of money, Proper gives you an AK. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. If you, if you, <laughs> if you hit bottom of the barrel and you're just at your lowest point ever, Proper's <laughs> like, here, you poor little baby. Take That's this awesome. AK and get back there. And to your point, you can always just scav run too. So that's how I, I I made a lot of money and kind of learned how to navigate the map like in a sneakier way by by doing scav runs and learning like a loot so, run. Will you talk about that though? Talk about taking it slow because I think that the natural thing for people is going to be to jump into Tarkov and play it however they play other games and think they have to play a certain way. And I think what you just said is critical. I was kind of reminded of this because just yesterday I was on Twitter and I saw Sequisha post something. He's like, a lot of you guys are paying attention to this game for the first time. You might be coming from, you know, more running gun titles or you see the top streamers who really have that understanding of what the sounds are, what their equipment is, and, you know, what the pacing of the game, the particular, like, raid instance is. Mm -hmm. So they know when they can push. They know what they know what's going on. They have all of the training necessary to pull that off. But as a new player, just take your time. You hear something, take it slow. If you're running and you hear, he mentioned something about pay attention to the noises you make, you know, as you pass through different terrain, different buildings, because you'll take that and learn from it. So the next time you hear someone clanging on metal, even though they were just making that sound, you go, oh, they're over that pile of trash. Right. Now I can peek around the corner and just blast them. And he also just mentions, you know, something that you have to do in this game, which is, you know, you're moving along and you should be walking more than you run a lot of times, but also just stop and listen before you enter a building or something. Just see if you can pick up that little sound cue that you wouldn't get if you're blasting through bushes and just charging at this spot. The last thing he said, which is something I still haven't learned is once you have that high gear loot item that you have to get out with, move slow still. Because you run fast, you get killed fast. And that happened to me twice yesterday. It was really frustrating. I had quest items that I needed to like leave with. And I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> and because I rushed it and didn't take my time, I could have taken 20 minutes to get out and maybe gotten out. But instead, I was like, I'm going to get out in the next three minutes. Right. And, uh, and I got killed both times. So I have a question for you, Kev. Is the transition from the run and gun to the more strategic and slow. Talk about that from like an FPS perspective. That's something that I think is super interesting about this game and is going to attract an entirely different audience. So like, was that transition hard for you? Give a player who's used to run and gun tips for how to become a little bit more of a strategic player. Like what did, what was that transition like for you? I think it was definitely a bit of a, you know, a harder transition. You know, you learn it. If you come from somewhere like Call of Duty or something like that, you're going to have a really difficult time with this. But if you played enough BR, you'll understand the patience of, well, I have the circle. Think of it like that a lot of the time. Just think you always have the circle because there's nothing actually forcing you to move. 
just like and when you you know when you have the circle and you know someone's coming over the bridge or they're coming into the you know zone and you're waiting for them you're like i'm just gonna wait i know that i can move i can go look for that other fight but i know i have an easy point here or i have center circle or whatever it is you're like i think i'm gonna just chill here and wait which people you know they say oh you're camping but it's like no i'm holding and defending a position sometimes that's all you need to do in tarkov just hold and defend a position wait to hear what else is happening let someone else make the move so that you can come in and do your classic third party you don't have to rush in this game. Getting into that mindset definitely just takes time and, and a lot of punishment, probably. But it's worth it, for sure. So here's the follow-up question, then. What is it like for you right now to go back to playing PUBG after playing tons of Tarkov? I'm very relaxed. I, you know, oh, like I totally said, agree. Totally agree. I talked about it a little bit right in the beginning when we, you know, talking about what's different. And it was just how at PUBG, you kind of lost that anxiety because I had, you know, we've been doing a podcast on this thing for a while. I'm supposed to be an expert. I'm not that great at the game still, but I know what's going to happen and everything that's happening around me. And I feel like I can hold my own in those situations. I don't feel that still in Tarkov. I get more comfortable every day, but I don't think there'll ever be a point where I lose that completely. You know, that anxiety, the good kind of anxiety, just that emotional tug, that immersion where you're, you know, you really feel the shots coming in and stuff. In PUBG, it's more arcadey now than I ever thought it would be. And now I can't I, ever, I don't think I'll ever play COD again, <laughs> a game like that, you know? It's funny, man. Not only is it defining its own genre, but it's helping other games define their genre. It's funny. I go back to PUBG and I experience the same thing. I'm like, arcade is like the word, like what I would use for it because it's like a realism military arcade. It's relaxing because there's less ambience and like noise depth to pay attention to but it's also cleaner in a way and mm -hmm. i don't know exactly how to describe the difference but the sound is cleaner in PUBG because it's not as deep the directional audio which is something that i you know if you go listen to the winter winter podcast you'll hear me complain about it but now i go back and i'm like oh that's nice i know exactly what direction that shot came from i know exactly how far away it is i know if i can push it i know if i shouldn't and then it's just different and so, yeah, like relaxed is the exact feeling I have as well. It's funny. Yeah, Trigger, you remember when you have to use to like spin your character around to like pinpoint <laughs> something in PUBG, but then they kind yes. of dial that in after a while? EFT has that still. Oh, so 100%. Remember that too. If you hear a shot and you're not sure where it is, do a little spin move. It's uh, a great And point. that'll help. But yeah, it's all a matter of perspective, right? It's what games are you playing compared to the game you're playing now? And that makes the game seem more hardcore. Like PUBG was compared to Apex or something else more rooted in realism so that was the hardcore game right yep. so one of the interesting things about tarkov that i think is different than PUBG is when you spawn into PUBG, right you jump out of the airplane you can look around and see 50 people around you so you can tell hey i'm gonna i'm dropping in hot into sandhook into paradise and i'm gonna i'm gonna contest trigger for his little his little balcony that he goes to every single time and of course we'll lose but the <laughs> the uh the point being that when you go into tarkov you know there's other players, but you can't see anybody. So does that change your focus? Like, was how was that transition for both of you? Because I'm not a huge FPS player. So for me, I actually found the Tarkov experience to be almost less stressful. And I'm really curious what you guys think about that. So I actually find that to be more stressful than PUBG because what I know about FPS games and having played them on PC for a long time. And Kev brought up COD, which is where this reference comes from. But there are people that 
are so good at map knowledge and spawn locations. And COD is probably the most brutal game because they know exactly where they need to stand to keep you in a spawn so they can keep farming you. And that is something that exists in Tarkov to an extent that like there are certain spawns that are close to each other. So like if you spawn in and you're like, oh, where am I? And you're trying to like, you know, your second monitor, you've got a map up. Pro tip, by the way, have a map up on your second monitor, your phone, print it out if you don't have a second monitor, but have a map because you will get lost. Yeah, use those trying- wiki maps. I'm sorry, but use the wiki maps that show all the names of the locations. It shows all the spawns. Right. And that'll help you know, like, the certain maps. We can get into those. Wiki, right. for sure. They've been around. There's people that have been playing for a long time. You don't know who's going to be in the game with you. People know the spawns. So there's players that are really smart and know the spawns, and they're going to come check them. Because if you're slow to move out or don't know exactly where to go, you can get picked on, quote unquote, because th- there's people that know the maps really well. But to your point, every player, and this is this is a neat thing, every player loads into the map at the same time. So it doesn't matter if you know how, like in PUBG, if you don't know how to parachute well, you can lose valuable seconds of finding loot. You know, someone gets the building you're going to go and you don't have time to peel off. Everybody loads in, right? You get the deploy in Tarkov, 20 second countdown and you're in and everybody starts right then. So what it does is it gives everybody an equal playing field, but similar to games like Counter-Strike and COD and and all the other, you know, structured team-based shooters, it creates natural choke points, which is why it's the opposite for me. Because as I've gotten further into the game, I know that if I get a certain spawn, I can't go where I want to go. Or if I do go, I have to be very careful because it's a natural choke point for another spawn that could rush there. It's a different set of... I don't know, fear, anxiety, whatever you want to call it, related to, you know, not having this, seeing other people dropping in around me. And I think that's a comfort thing too, kind of to your point is if I'm dropping into paradise, like you mentioned, and I see 17 parachutes coming in, I'm like, let's go. (laughs) It's time to just destroy people. Like, let's get, we're going to win. And so I don't have any fear around that. And I'm still getting over it in Tarkov. So yeah, that's a really good point you made. But I'm I'm the opposite of you right now, which is interesting. That's one of the things I I really like about uh, this whole game experience for Tarkov is that you and I play it very differently. And we both enjoy it very much. And so I think that's, that's just pretty cool. And we can play together. Yes, right. That, that is a super critical. That's what I really like about it is that your play style doesn't necessarily hinder mine and mine doesn't hinder yours. And it actually forces us to communicate and figure out how to work together. And it, it, it works really well. When you pair someone up who's extremely strategic like you are and then someone like me that wants to shoot things, it, it tends to work really well. Yeah, and to add to that, the thing with PUBG is that you always have the counter of how many people are left so you know how many more obstacles stand in your way aside from the rng of the loot and the rng of the circles it's like okay but how many more threats do i have to take care of in tarkov each map is maybe nine to twelve players and that's not a set number either but there is going to be a point where say you're the one having a crazy game you know i watched uh, i watched grims i'm not at the point where i'm having these crazy games where i'm clearing the map but I watched Grimms go to Interchange and he was looking for Killa and instead he found the entire server and he (laughs) killed nine PMCs and was like, I think I got them all. I mean, he was running around just destroying everything. Granted, he had just found a red key card, sold it for 18 million and was like, I'm running M4s. (laughs) He's like, I'm running M4s all night with the best ammo. I don't care. Right. 
And so he had the gun to do it and, and the ammo to finish it. And thank God he did because he, he had gone in lighter, I think, before that. Not light, but lighter. He knows he's going to spray a lot of bullets, so he brings them in. Yeah. He probably spent like oh, 200K on just ammo that game. Oh, yeah. The you know? ammo's <laughs> worth more than the whole setup. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, so he kind of knows, like, okay, I think I killed all the actual players. I just have to worry about player scavs and stuff at this point, which shouldn't be too much of a problem. But to your point with the spawns, you know, there are set spawns and there's places like the UN roadblock on woods where you could spawn in and have the other team literally just like 50 yards down from you. And you're supposed to spawn at the same time. But like always check the timer when you load in because, you know, a lot of the maps went from 50 to 55 minutes. If you spawn in at, you know, 54, 30, that means there's 30 mm. seconds of someone who could be charging towards that spawn to check it, like you had said. And then there's also people who just stay in spawn for a few minutes and wait to see if you rotate past. And there's a spot on customs headed towards dorms where people will frequently start moving towards dorms because a lot of quests are in dorms. And there will be a team who just hasn't left that spawn. And they're just waiting for you to cross them because there's a wide open spot where that you'll you'll be seen and they'll just stay low and then they'll pop up on you. Gotcha. And so there are things of people manipulate the spawns a little bit knowing what is going to happen. And then there's also that slightly late spawning and those seconds matter just like PUBG and that could be really detrimental. So that's something that they need to fix, to be honest. You kind of lead me to the final thing I want to talk about. And you're talking about these the people that have these spots figured out, right? And and being relatively new to the game, I'm learning spots and I'm learning places not to go. But I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys kind of as our final sort of like fun topic, like, do you guys have your most memorable death or deaths uh, so far? Hmm. I think it just comes down to the confusing moments between teams when you're trying to figure out team rhythm. My most memorable ones are just getting team killed, I think. I mean, there are times, <laughs> there are times when I've, you know, gone into a fight and had the guy lined up and been on single fire and you're just like oh god i just threw away a 300,000 ruble kit because i'm an idiot and forgot to switch but the most memorable ones is like trigger just going off in sh on the uh, resort and shoreline kills like two we think there's a third and he runs up into the area to heal and we're also like there's one more and so i you know he doesn't tell me exactly where he is and i go to clear a little bit and i see someone just in a corner chilling i'm thinking that's the last guy and i just mow trigger down so yeah. i told i told eric i was like i'm gonna bait kev a little bit on this one to see what he says but oh i knew it. i was coming back to this one <laughs> and then just the other day you know uh wrestle eagle uh we're playing and uh we had just lost Adcaster and we're clearing an area. Uh, I had just taken a scav. He had just taken out like two players and a scav or two. And then there were more scavs all over because we were on reserve by the helicopter. And there's just always scavs. I healed my limb and body and went to kind of check. And he was still healing his limbs and everything else. And so I went to go like check the hallway and come back. And he's like, there's people around. I was like, yeah, yeah I'm checking. But I didn't say exactly what I was doing. And as I come back to the spot, he just mowed me down. I'm like, oh, that was me. <laughs> And then, like, he killed me, but then he's like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. And then he's just like, oh, wait. And he killed, like, three more scavs that all rushed at the same time. Both of us <laughs> didn't really do anything too wrong. We both knew there was threats in the area. But because right. I pushed out without telling him I'm pushing out towards helicopter to clear threats or whatever, since I wasn't painfully specific, you know, and the same with me killing Trigger, it was like, you have to be, like, painfully specific or push back behind the team so that you don't get in front of it and in the way, right? And and if you right. do that, that's when that's when you know the memorable deaths happen because it's just the team kill thing is always just funny. I have a couple tags of triggers now, just like in my inventory. 
And it's just like, oh, sorry, dude. I really didn't mean to do that. It's awesome. I got to say my my most memorable kill is, or what when I died, was my very first scav kill that I had on my own, right? So solo scav kill. I stocked the scav and I was feeling like I was really something at this game. I killed him <laughs> and I waited for a minute. Didn't see anybody coming. So I'm like, this is going to be great. Trigger told me, he's like, when you're looting, make sure you go prone. So I, I walked over, crept over, went prone, started looting the scav. It was awesome. Took an extra second, stopped, listened. No one's around me. I'm like, this is great. I, I, I got my scav vest and I'm going to go out, right? Because I just wanted to get something and sell it. I stand up, instant dead. <laughs> I was like, come on. <laughs> the best part about it is like, you know, someone was watching me, right? And they were just waiting for me to stand up so they could get a cleaner shot. And now that I, now I know exactly what I did wrong there is I should have used that scab death and just stay hidden for another 10 minutes or however long it took and waited for someone to come loot it, use the scab as bait. But I didn't know that. It was my very first run. So it was it was hilarious. I actually like, I almost slammed my mouse on my desk. I was so frustrated. <laughs> it was awesome. Listen, you'll be level 21 and still doing that because I did that yesterday. I had my questing item. I was trying to get out the vehicle exit, but insurance took all my money. Um, even though I checked like twice, insurance oh. took my 7K out. And so I got the item. I'm with Dano from Hot Drop. And he gets, he's like, I got the button. I go there. I'm like, well, I want to do it. I check my docs case. No money. All right. Well, I guess I got to go all the way to Crossroads. Yep. Um, as I'm running, I just see a down player by like the boat extract. And I'm like, ooh, he looks juicy. I look around. I don't see anyone. But I didn't look around well enough. And I didn't have a big scope to check either. Uh, I had like maybe a 2X on. And I loot him anyway. <laughs> he has an HK. I'm like, this is sweet. But I'm like, I'm just going to take the HK and run. There's got to be someone around. Didn't matter. I bent down for a second to look at the guy and got shot in the head. <laughs> when you're talking about the boat extract and you like see someone near it and you're like, they're looking juicy. Like that's actually my most memorable death so far. And it's that just because your exfil counter is about to go off, don't stop moving. Don't stop shaking. I had an insane scav run on interchange i looted a guy's i don't even know i had a i had I think i had a um pilgrim Wait, stuff didn't i show up stuff? to this one i think you did i think i just popped in at work or something and i stepped yeah. away for a minute it was the christmas party yes i step away for the christmas party walk back to my desk i and... killed a pmc as a scav and then i looted a second one I had like three bag inception i probably had over a million worth of Stuff in the bag, killer armor. I had a uh, what's the the big helmet? I can't think of the name right now. Was it Killa's helmet? No, it wasn't Killa's helmet. It was the black was the Atlan? The face shield. No, the Atlan or something. And I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm in the exfil, and the timer started. There's four seconds left, and I got clapped in the face at the exfil with probably two million rubles worth of stuff. I don't ever stop moving now when I'm near an exfil because. I know that I just saw four seconds and I just stood there and boom, right as like the two second timer hit. It was maddening. It's why I use wired mice only because if I had a wireless mouse, it would have been shattered on the wall. 100%. Yeah. And it just comes back to Sequisha's tip of just take it slow, you know, and, and also just be suspicious. Everything, if, if there's warning signs, listen to them. No doubt. Sound is critical. Yeah. I, I mean, we hit a lot of great stuff. If And there's tons of tips here that, again, when you're new, and I, I've said this a lot, 
And I guess my final point on this episode is there are so many tips that people will throw at you that you don't understand. Everyone kind of knows that you don't understand. And there's so many important tips that you do need to learn them over time. And you may hear stuff a bunch of times from people, different players, and you're just not going to get it. And that's okay. But just know that it's coming from a place of like a painful moment. (laughs) Here's how to loot. Here's how to move items out of your inventory fast. Like saving time is important. And it's like what Ron said you know he looted he proned he did everything right and then he stood up and he died and and the best part about tarkov is that he can look back at that memorable death and say what did i do wrong what did i write what did i do wrong and that's how you get better and he's like okay i killed the scav and then i went in and looted him so maybe the play was he killed the scav and then he waits for a minute to make sure the coast is clear and it's every time you have a situation like that you're going to get a little better and a little better and a little better and that's the cool part about this game for one it's kind of cool that you can't just jump in and be amazing at it which i'm sure there's some people that jump in and are phenomenal out of the gate but two that there's just all this depth in every way you look which is why i'm really really digging it yeah i think this game's going to be on all of our list for a while yep i agree i think we're definitely going to be playing this one for a while and it's just beta guys i mean just imagine what this is going to turn into. <laughs> it's right. crazy. Yeah, the open world and like expansiveness that's going to be coming eventually is is insane. And, and now that you know Trigger mentioned they're on that new engine, it seems like they're able to push out content a lot faster. And I mean, when this thing started, it was just factory, and then it was customs, but it was only half of what customs looks like today. Even more choke points, if you can imagine. Now we're up to what like six maps or something like that. You know, reserve is a hit, an undeniable hit. There's there's so much more in Streets of Tarkov. Everything's going to come together in this whole insane way and there won't be wipes at a certain point it's gonna be really interesting to see how that economy shifts at when there's you know maybe a limited amount of things over time like forever you just spoke my language in a way that you can't even imagine (laughs) and i can't imagine because i don't come from games like this at all like there's just like i've showed this game to people who play console still and they look at the menu like the looting you know in-game and the stash and stuff and they're like that is just way too much and i'm like yeah well it would be it would not be fun to try and do that with a controller. Actually, like part of the yep. fun is like getting that inventory looking perfect. You know? But when you come from an MMO, man, this is what hooks an entirely different group of people into an FPS game. Because yep. to me, the economy is so interesting. It gives a purpose to what you're doing that's yep. just different. And knowing well, that like, you can sell something to somebody for way too much money and they might buy it anyway. <laughs> and like market manipulation, which is kind of a problem at the moment. But like, you know, it, it's interesting that like players can change It isn't, that. it isn't. Because if it only matters if like it's an item you need, you can go in and, you know, oh, there's only six of these posted. I'm going to buy them out and post them for hire. Risk your money and do it. But that's if you want to sit there and do that. You don't have mm-hmm. to. And this is what isn't even present in games that I love the market in. So, like, I love the auction house in World of Warcraft. But there's not really a good mechanism in World of Warcraft for setting prices. And what I mean by that is there's no vendors that will pay a good amount for things. Whereas in Tarkov, you can sell almost any item to one of the traders for a good amount. Meaning if you don't want to deal with the flea market or the auction house, you don't have to. And you're going to make decent money. You know, if you sell guns to a mechanic, he's going to pay you pretty well for them. You can make more if you part it out and sell it on the flea market. Or if it's, you know, if you're building out a gunsmith quest gun, you can make a premium on that because it just solves a task for somebody. But the nice part that they did here is that almost every item in the game matters for somebody at some point, And there's an established baseline value from the traders 
that help keep the economy stable-ish. And then there's times where nobody's found that stuff in raid. Like just a really quick example, light bulbs recently. I don't know if they got added to a trade with a dealer. I don't know what happened. But they exploded, and now they're worth like 20k for a one-slot item. And that's right now today. Tomorrow, they could be worth nothing again. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the cool part about playing the game and and seeing how the market moves. Yep, and the developers were super smart to give you an in-game encyclopedia that explains everything. Will you talk about that for a second? Because this is something that I noticed the first time you played when we were showing you over a Discord stream, and I brought up that you were looking at the skills. And then I'll be real honest with you. The in-game encyclopedia is not something I have ever opened. And you were like, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> I, I love it. So why do you like it? What is so good about it? I'll give you an example of just yesterday. I found a gun I'd never used and I had to figure out what kind of ammo to use. I opened it up, figured out what kind of ammo I needed, uh, went to the correct trader, bought some ammo, and then went back in with my PMC run and I had a better gun to use. There's so many different types of attachments and ammo and just everything, right? Just you mentioned, that's the strength of the game. That for me, I was like, okay, this goes with this or goes with this. Or like, say you go to a trader and you open a gun that you've never used before. You know, like, okay, these 50 attachments are compatible with this or not, right? But you've got like maybe 15 or 20 slots of things that you can modify that gun with. And because there's an in-game handbook, you can find that stuff on the fly, like in real time. Like you don't even have to click out of the trader. You just click handbook, find your thing, click back. Mm -hmm. And you're on that same screen again. And to me, that's actually something that a lot of other MMO games get wrong. The amount of items that you find to try to complete a mission or a quest or whatever you want to call it yep. is a daunting task for a new player to figure out what those things are. I had a quest to do. I call it a quest, but I had a mission <laughs> or, a, or a skill or whatever. A task, I think, in this game is what there it's called. There you go. So... To go to customs, right? Go to customs and complete customs and find some stuff on customs and then kill five scavs on customs. Never done that before. So I had to look and find out what I was looking for. So I figured that out. And then find the map, like Kev said earlier on the wiki for customs. Drop into customs and do some customs runs, right? To get that particular task done. And the in-game resource that they have for just explaining what the different things are is super, super valuable. When you're used to dealing with an economy in a game as it is, Tarkov really got that right. So I, that's why I think it's super useful. That's awesome. Honestly, I've never even opened it up. I just click the little green button to get rid of the notification, which pro tip, if you don't want to look at the handbook, you don't want to see the encyclopedia, you can click the little green number box and it gets rid of the notification. You do not have to go in. I repeat, you do not have to go in to the encyclopedia and look at every single thing you discovered. I wasted half an hour doing this one day, and it almost made me quit the game. You don't have to do it. <laughs> also, pro tip, you can get XP by going to the traders and examining items, especially fence, since everything changes on fence so much. I pushed myself past a level just by examining a bunch of stuff on fence and refreshing it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So it's the same amount of XP as you would get in a scav run. Mm -hmm. or a pmc run so it's like 10 xp per item sometimes yeah 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 which is actually a lot it adds up so everyone probably knew that but i'm sure there's people well, that did no so. but in the early game it's critical because there's times where you're like oof i need you know 80 experience to get to level five so i unlock the flea market go 
search the traders and see if there's some stuff that you can unlock or if there's that little push. And again, later in the game, yeah, that's not worth a whole lot of experience because you need tens and hundreds of thousands of experience to level up. But in the beginning, it's actually significant what searching does. Good yeah. point. And you know, you said you can go to the trader and, and maybe like fence and, and look at some stuff. To take that like one step further, you can go to the flea market once that's available to you. And it, I would at least go look at the barter items, the things that you're going to find in raid a lot. Uh, but you can also do it with all the attachments for the weapons and all this, you know, different secret things. But look at those barter items in that menu and like search what that is, because that'll actually help you in raid because your character, when it comes across something it's never seen before, it doesn't know what it is. And it gives you that like shrouded thing over top of the item. If you search that beforehand or out of raid, you'll spend less time having to search through items in the raid. So you will actually get out of that prone position with the scab. A little bit faster. That's a good point. But yeah, I think we've gone into enough. We could probably talk about this game for <laughs> for days. I think we yeah. probably will. <laughs> well, I think that's a good time to, to kill it here. We're over an hour, which is awesome. You know, we figured that one or two topics on Tarkov would, would get us about 30 minutes, which in gaming time is about an hour and a half. So we did it. So just really quick, Kev, thanks for coming on, man. Why don't you I mean, tell people where they can find you? and anything else you got going on. But thanks for coming on the show, man. I know that the video aspect's a little different compared to what we do on Winter, but this is awesome. Yeah, it's a little something to get used to. Luckily, I got all my, my stuff here set up yesterday, so it doesn't look uh, as barren as it once did. But yeah, I mean, if you're trying to find me, you know, I'm always in the uh, Winter Winter Discord and, and other areas of Discord, but that's where you can, you know, introduce yourself to me if you'd like to say hi. Uh, you could also find me on Twitter at the one heart with a little underscore after that. And yeah, I mean, those are my two main places. I'm not not too big on streaming or anything like that. So, you know, it's it's the podcast and it's uh, and it's through Discord and Twitter. That's about it. Nice. And, and I'll say this, like Kev showed me a bunch of stuff when I started. I don't mean to speak for you and say, go play with Kev, but he's really good at teaching games in general. He has a very different take on games than I do even and that Ronald does. But if you've got questions on Tarkov or if you're looking for people to group with, we can either direct you in a way and, and maybe get you connected or we answer questions all the time. We love this stuff. So if you're trying to get into this game or you're just not sure or you're starting and not sure where to go, hit any of us up because we'll absolutely help out. And I know that Kev does a really good job of that because he was there when I was first showing, I think, Ronald's first game. I think you were there, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. I was hanging out, I think. I think we did a shoreline run, which is where yeah, I took yeah. everyone. Yep. We totally did a shoreline run, so <laughs> that was awesome. You know, Trigger likes to get in there and just shoot things, and I am always eager to shoot things, but I need to know everything about everything first, and that includes, you know, going and introducing myself to the people on the wiki and, you know, watching a million videos and really, you know, searching every item and thing. You know, I just need to know how all the mechanics work so I can, you know, best work within the combines of the game so yeah i'm a, I'm a big nerding nerding out kind of guy i do a lot of the research for winter and, and i'm the w key i'm running at you i'm coming you are, for yeah. you you, are. <laughs> you totally are totally are i'll tell you the damage We're all values for a gun we know trigger will go i'll tell you the damage values for a gun and trigger will tell you uh i, I killed him <laughs> <laughs> what's that yep. gun he's shooting doesn't matter he's dead yep, yep. and i looked at the interface for an hour before i ever clicked in the game and trigger's like i played four games where are you let's do this <laughs> like oh my scabs on cooldown again i was doing a run while you were while you were doing that <laughs> Oh, it's good. So, I mean, obviously, guys, we love this game. It's new to us. It's not necessarily new. Let us know what you think about Tarkov, even if you're not playing Tarkov and you somehow made it to the end of this video and you're not playing the game. 
good on you and thank you by the way but let us know in the comments like what do you think about tarkov is it does it have staying power what do you like about it what do you not like about it let us know in the comments but if you're looking for me i stream on twitch a few days a week mtb trigger i'm on twitter as well you can also find me over on the winner winner podcast if you're into PUBG. we talk a lot of PUBG over there and we dive into other stuff as well i'm sure we're gonna be talking some tarkov here in the near future um as you can kind of get a hint that both kevin i really like this and maybe we'll get heath into it as well but ronald why don't you tell people where they can find you yep i can find me over at ronald gaming on the twitters and also check on xp media as we're releasing wow videos wow classic content on a pretty regular basis we're also going to be getting into some new topics here in 20 2020. Pretty excited to let some new stuff out there. So not going to announce it yet, but watch the channel. We'll see that coming. And lastly, just wanted to say uh, thank you to Kev again. Once again, I've really enjoyed the Winner Winner community and the podcast and uh, getting to know you and hanging out with you, playing games that we love. So thanks for coming on with us and looking forward to playing more with you in the future. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's always been a been, you know, goal of mine trying to get on the show. So appreciate it. <laughs> Well, awesome, folks. That's it for us. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, remember, you can find us all over the place, basically anywhere that you get podcasts. And what Ronald was talking about is youtube.com forward slash XP Media Now. That's our main channel where you found this. You can click the link somewhere and subscribe there as well. And just wanted to say, have a great one. If you're in Tarkov, good luck on those scav runs and let us know how they're going. Have a great one. We'll catch you soon. See you next time. See you.